Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Mothers change as they grow. Mothers change as they grow. And I thank God for having been blessed to live with a, 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 a woman of God that raised me and uh, taught me and helped me to grow. But she, I saw, and I can see where she has changed over the years. And that kind of helped me too. Uh, but there, we're going to focus in primarily today. And we're not going to keep you very long this morning because I know you got all kinds of uh, special mothers gifts and dinners and things to go to. So we're going we're gonna to let you go quickly. But I, one mother that we want to look at. And we highlighted this particular message as saying this, Mary, the mother of Jesus, started off in this position different than any other mother. We know it was an immaculate uh, conception. Uh, But she still is a great example of how mothers can develop and grow in faith. Mary, the mother of Jesus, And we're going to look at some different impact points in her life. But before we do that, I thought about it. And and I remember some things that Pastor Ella had said and how she helped me to understand some things. Not all mothers seem to have what Pastor Ella calls, and I know a lot of you ladies that are her age and older, call mother wit. Mother wit. Some of you, how many of you heard of that term before? Some of you have. And, and some of you have never heard of mother wit. What is mother wit? Well, and I asked that question, what is mother, mother wit? Well, in my observations, and this is me, this is my definition, this is what I observed from listening to Pastor Ellen and watching other mothers that she said, that mother has mother wit. Not that she had a great education. Maybe she did have a, uh, a phenomenal education, but it's a difference in having mother wit. In my observation, mother wit seems to be a combination of good natural wisdom and the wisdom of God. Uh, in other words, some mothers just seem to know what to do when a child is hurting Or when dad says, and I've said this and the most fathers have, go ask your mama. (laughs) Amen. How many of us children have heard that, you know, uh, from from dad in particular? I see Anthony going up there. Amen. Bro, don't look at him. You know you done done told him. Go ask your mama. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) You know, moms seem to always know. But I believe this motherly wisdom is mostly a God-given asset. I, that's, that's what I believe. Again, this is my observation. This is what God gave me. But we see some examples that I'm not going to focus on today, but some examples of that, an indication That is God-given in the word of God. One example that came to me immediately was with Paul's son, Timothy, in the ministry. 
He was his son in the ministry, Timothy. And remember, Timothy had come to Paul crying. He was pastoring the church of folks that had given him a bunch of problems. And he had headaches. And the scripture talks about he was dealing with a whole lot, lot of things. And Paul wrote him a letter and uh, reminded him of, of some things. And he told him, and we see Paul reminding us as he reminded Timothy of some things about the fact that he could stand. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, Paul wrote, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Timothy, he was speaking to Timothy, talking to him, there's faith in you, Timothy. He said, I see it. But notice what he said. That genuine faith that is in you, which dealt first in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Paul was telling Timothy that no matter what he has to deal with in the church and the people that he was dealing with, there are going to be problems. But Paul was saying, Timothy, I've seen that faith in you that I saw that God gave your grandmother and your mother. And they instilled that in you. You saw that and you developed in it yourself. You know, how do you and I catch hold of the spirit of faith? From someone who's got it. That's the reason it's so important for us to associate with people that are full of faith and are full of the power of God. And Timothy had been around his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. And Paul had observed their great faith. And he was reassuring Timothy, you're going to be able to get through whatever you're dealing with, son. Because that faith that I saw in your grandmother and your mom, those godly women, God gave them that. He's also given it to you too as well. And you know what? That wasn't just Paul telling Timothy that, but that was God telling us, no matter what you and I have to deal with. And I mean, no. We all have challenges sometimes, sometimes with children, sometimes with coworkers on the job, sometimes in our own homes with family members. But God is saying to us, I see the faith that you operate in and I've given it to you and you will able to overcome. But mom, again. This message is for you, mothers here, you mothers out there, you mothers that, that listen to this message later on, because they're all embedded on Facebook and, and YouTube, and you might want to go back and listen to this one in, 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 in particular. Take the pressure off. You're human. You won't always get it right. Young mothers need to know that sometimes you won't always say the right thing or you won't always do the right thing. But God is with you. And, and you need to know just like that song I think was Danny McClurkin wrote. And this was my revision. Mothers fall down, but they can get up again. 
Amen. <laughs> Mothers fall down sometimes. Sometimes mistakes make. And sometimes you, you, you have to get, go to prayer. And sometimes you have to go to God. Sometimes you can't go to anybody else but God. How many know that's the way it is with all of us? Amen. We all fall down sometimes. But if we walk in the word and the faith and the anointing of God, and we don't quit, we can get up again. Amen. And moms, take the pressure off. If you fall down, just pray, ask God to help you, and get back up and start back over again. Amen. Why? Again, I told you we're not going to keep you long today. I just, I just want to share some things from my heart. This came to me just bam, bam, bam. But it really blessed me. So dads, young folks, uh, whether, whether you don't have children or not uh, online, this word is for you as well, not just for moms. And one of the things that God told me, yeah, mothers fall down, but they can get up again. But there's a reason why. Why? Because love covers. Look at your neighbor and tell him. Love covers you. Love covers your mistakes. Love covers all the time. Amen. Because as we said, moms can make mistakes, but the loving and caring that they have for the children and for their spouses and for people around them will always keep them covered. That wasn't just for mothers. That was for anyone. And we need to know, well, Pastor, you got to give me a scripture. Love covers. Yeah, well, we all very familiar, I hope, with 1 Peter 4, verse 8. 1 Peter 4, verse 8. And it says, and this is the NLT, it reads like this. Most important of all, notice how God said that. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. And moms, I'm not saying that you're committing a multitude of sins, but even when we do make mistakes, even when we do do things that didn't turn out the way we thought they should have or they would, because of your loving care, you're covered. And then you're going to always go back. I remember one thing I learned as a father, raising my son, Christopher, with, with the help of a wonderful woman of God. But sometimes, you know, I was the primary disciplinarian. And sometimes when he did things wrong, uh, I had discipline him. And I learned, I didn't learn, I learned some of this from my mother and father. But I learned a lot more of it even in teaching from my spiritual father, uh, Kenneth E. Hagan and uh, Kenneth W. Hagan. And it's teaching Bible school teachers and examples that I have that when I made a mistake and I realized it, I would go to Christopher, and I can remember doing this, <laughs> I tell you, Brother Steve, a whole lot more than one time, going to him and said, son, daddy's sorry. I, I, I misunderstood or I did that, I disciplined you, and, and I didn't have the full understanding. And then, will you forgive me? And when I did that, the times that I did, and not, it wasn't every day or, or, you know, just it wasn't 90% of the time. But there were times when, as a father, I made a wrong decision, sometimes even in this discipline, when maybe something that he didn't do that I thought he did. 
And I went to him and I told him, I'm sorry, daddy's sorry, I made a mistake. And you know what, I can remember him looking at me, looking up at me because when he was little, and he said, daddy, it's all right. It's all right. I forgive you. And I said, thank you, son. And you know what, that established a bond between us. That I don't think any, anything will change because he knew when I was wrong, that I would admit it to him. You know, sometimes, you know, dads have thought, you know, to be macho that you never could say you were sorry or to think, to think that you never made mistakes. Moms, you're not the only one. Fathers make mistakes sometimes. And if we are walking in that love and caring and we have that understanding, because I always didn't have that, but I, but I was taught that. As by precept and example from my own father and mother, but also in the word that it is so important for us to grow in faith and grow in our love walk. And that includes love talk. I thank God for mothers that as we read earlier, that sometimes when things are going on, and I noticed this with my mom and with my, with my wife in particular. A lot of times over, over, over the table when, when, when we were there talking, we always ate. We sit down and we ate at the table together. And she was always so funny. and would say, I mean, we talk all kinds of stories that she, she would tell. And we would just laugh and have a good time. And Pastor Ella, you know that too by teaching. You, you hear that. It, she, 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 can, she can say things that, 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 that bring a clarity and bring a, a, a comfort. And you mothers, God has given you that mother wit, but you got to grow in it. You don't just uh, get born and you have uh, the knowledge of a mature mom. You develop in it, you grow in it, but that caring and that love will cover you. Amen. So take the pressure off. If you make a mistake, Ask God to forgive you. If it's with your child, ask them to forgive you and then move on. If it's with your spouse, ask them to forgive you and then move on. And, and the love of God will cover you. And, and when you have an honest heart, it'll help you. You know, we talked about Mary as, as our primary example that we're going to look. And there's a lot of godly mothers in the word of God that we could have talked about and focused on. But we just want to focus the rest of this just Word of encouragement on the mother of Jesus, Mary. And you know the story. I'm going to read to you uh, some things. But uh, in Luke 1, Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. I'm going to read this first to you in the uh, uh, Message Bible. And, uh, and then we're going to act, act, show you the question that Mary asked. Luke 1, verse 26 says this, and this is from the message. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name, Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her, good morning, you're beautiful with God's beauty. You know, he started giving us the word of God. He started giving her the word of God. Notice what he said. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. 
she was just a teenage young lady at this time. She was not mature in a lot of ways, but she had to be special for God to pick her. So there was some uniqueness about her, but she was human, just like you mothers, just like any of us. And when this angel came to talk to him, just think about what if an angel came to talk to you? Verse 29 said, she was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. It was a wonderful greeting, but hey. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. Anytime in the Bible you see where an angel appeared to someone, one of the first things the angel always said, fear not. Because, hey, if an angel appears before us right now, again, I've said this before, we had to catch a lot of you all to get you to hear the rest of what he had to say. Because fear would come on us, wouldn't it? If a nine, ten-foot angel all of a sudden, you know, and, you know, I know some angels in here because I know one of them is because mine came in with me. And if you're a believer, when you got saved, you all, the Bible says, have your own guardian angel. And nowhere in the Bible says when you get older, you lose your guardian angel. But this angel was talking to her. And he said, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. And did he? <laughs> You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great, be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. But Mary, (laughs) young teenage girl, you know, one thing I can just see her asking this question. Who? Me? You're talking about I'm pregnant? I've never even touched a man. A man has never touched me. What are you talking about, Angel? Gabriel? You know, today, folks would have thought <laughs> she would have had all kinds of comments about it. Mary, in, in, in verse 34, Mary said to the angel, But how? I've never slept with a man. And you know, if you hadn't either, but what happened? Gabriel gave her the word of God. Gabriel gave her some understanding that she didn't have. And you know what? God has given us the word, the Bible, so that we can have understanding. She When she first heard this, it was hard for her to receive. What what does that mean? She had some growing to do. She was becoming a a mother, pregnant by the Holy Ghost. But she wasn't a mature woman of faith as of yet. But when we look at her life, we see, as we entitled this message, Mothers Change. As they grow. Now we're going to pick up. Mary. At a later time. And you know this story. I kind of entitled it. Lost and found. Lost and found. Mary and Joseph. Had been raised Jesus. For, for, for a number of years. And they. Uh, were. Were had traveled and they had been to a place and they had all left with the caravan and 
all of a sudden, and we're going to read the scripture in just a moment, but after a few days, uh, I guess Mary looked at Joseph and said, have you seen Jesus? He said, no, I thought you had him. This is Henry translation. <laughs> he said, no, it's up. And they started looking for him, and they, and they couldn't find him. Think about this. You know, lost and found, it came to me. I, I've had, not on the level that they had, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but Elle and I, we were at camp meeting one after with Christopher. He was about three. And we were still having it at the Tulsa Convention Center. And we took him for, for the first time. We, you know, because she, he was premature, of course, and, and she didn't, the first few years, she didn't even take him to the nursery. But we decided, okay, we'll, 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 we'll take him to the children's ministry. So we took him there. And after the service, we went there. And we, we uh, service was, was about over. We, we went ahead and went. And when we got there, and we kept, you know, we had our, he said, we want to, came and pick up our son, Christopher. And they looked around. And they said, who's your son? We said, Christopher. Christopher Looney. They said, he's not here. She looked at me, I looked at her. Pastor Ella looked cool in the eye of that children's worker and said, what do you mean he's not here? They looked all around. They looked around for a little while. I, of course, put my arms around Pastor Ella, and I was a little, I started getting nervous too because he wasn't there. There was a rainbow. This is where we went to Bible school, and we brought our son back, you know, for, for that. All of a sudden, Miss Lynette Hagen showed up because that had, hadn't happened. At, and, and she said, oh, y'all don't worry. You know, we're, 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 we're I mean, we're going to find, we said, yes, we're going to find our son. And then after about 10 minutes, which seemed like two days, a, a guy came walking in and with Christopher, holding Christopher, and there he was. They had just took him back to the, the other classroom of his age. And boy, you talking about him being lost for what, probably 10 or 15 minutes, which seemed like two days. So you can, I understand to a little degree how they, after three days, because he was used to being with family and stuff, we were so happy to see him. And you bought, as you may be well aware, Christopher didn't go to the children's ministry for any time the rest of that camp meeting. Or <laughs> that he stayed with us. <laughs> But Miss Annette told us later, she said that changed the way we did children's ministry. We started having double checks and cards of things. Uh, Christopher Looney changed the way Raymond does children's ministry. <laughs> so she said that will never happen again. Because <laughs> she saw how we look. If we loved them, we loved But my son was missing. Think about this, moms. And we're fixing to read. But what if God had given you the assignment of raising the king of the universe and you lost him. How would you feel? I mean, any of us misplacing our child for any little time, but the king of the universe, you're responsible for, and you lost him? Let's read. Luke 2, verse 42. Luke 2, verse 42 says this. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother did not know it. 
But supposing him to have been in a company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. And I want you to notice how Mary reacted. Yes, she had got the word of God from Gabriel and she had grown some. But notice how she still reacted. So now, so verse 46, now, so it was that after three days, three days, sometimes we didn't realize how many days Jesus was lost to them. Three days, they found him in a temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. He was 12. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? <laughs> Amen. This is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Why? Jesus, why have you done this to us? She was upset. She was upset at him. Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Jesus said, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? He was talking about his father God's business. But hey, Mary was a mama. And the boy had been gone for three days. <laughs> she was upset. But they did not understand the statements when he spoke to them. They didn't understand it at all. They were thinking it natural. They were just glad to find him. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. He, Jesus humbled himself to his earthly parents. He had begun to know what his assignment was. He, he, his mother and father had told him what Gabriel said. He was, he was growing up to the point to where he knew he was beginning to know what he was supposed to do. But he humbled himself to his mother's and father, his natural mother and his earthly father, Joseph. And it said, but his mother, verse 51, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Jesus grew, but notice Mary grew too as a mother. She kept all those things in her heart. She remembered what Gabriel said. She remembered what her son Jesus had said. But you know God had to be speaking to her too. She knew what his assignment was to do. And she was growing in a process as a mother. As an example, when you and I get the word of God, we can grow. We can develop our faith. We can grow in maturity in the spirit and in relationships with others, but also in our relationship with God. Notice, we're going to look at this final time and then I'm going to let you go. This final scene that you're very familiar with. And I want you to notice the difference and Mary from that child of 17 that just had become a mother. From Mary who, when they went traveling and Jesus told her he must be about his her father's business. And Mary now, here, in John 2, which we know it as the wedding at Cana. And I entitled this part about Mary's growth and development, Faith Words from His Mother. Faith Words from His Mother. Again, notice 
her reaction to Gabriel, her reaction to Jesus, and now her reaction to this situation. In John 2, just five verses, and then I'm going to let you go. And you're familiar with the, the whole family and the friends that have been invited to a wedding. And they had, had a wedding, and evidently it was a big to-do because a lot of folks were there. And at that time, and you know, whether tradition is, you know, wine was a very important part of, of, of the wedding. And you can go back and whether you talk about alcohol, you know, I taught on that. I'm not, I'm not, that's not the point today. But notice what, what happened here. In John 2, verse 1, this is the NIV, the New International Version. On the third day of the wedding, notice weddings at that time, they lasted time. This was the third day of the wedding. Took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother, Mary, was there. And Jesus and his, and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, you see, this was significant because that was one of the most important parts of a wedding for the host to serve wine. And normally, they, uh, the Bible said, we read different translations, it said they would, start off with the best wine and give it. And then when people maybe got a little intoxicated, they would give them wine that was a little bit cheaper or wasn't, wasn't quite as good. But notice here what happened. When the wine was gone, and this would have been a total embarrassment for the groom and the bride and the bride's family. Notice what is said in verse 3. 3. When the wine was gone, notice what Jesus' mother said. Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Notice how Jesus reacted. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. Jesus said, wait a minute, mom. You know, I don't think he was being disrespectful to her, but he said, no, it's not my time yet for me to go ahead and minister uh, and do things like I believe you're asking me to do. They're out of wine. You know, they need to deal with it, basically. But notice how Mary's reaction was totally different than it was the other two times. She didn't look at Jesus because she had already asked him. She let him know they didn't have any more wine. But she looked to the servants and notice what she told him, told the servants. His mother, Mary, said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. That's a vast difference of growth from her saying, who, me? From her telling Jesus, what have you done? Where have you been? To now, as she's matured in faith, as she's grown as a mother, and she's grown in the knowledge of the word of God and the wisdom of God and understanding who her son really is. Even though her son came to her and said at this time, it's not the time yet, mom. She went after she had said, they have no more wine. Our friends are going to be embarrassed. She was basically saying, you got to do something. And we see she looked at the service and said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. You know what, mothers, fathers, children? 
Jesus is telling us that same thing today. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And when they, and you know what? Jesus told them, you know the story. It's not just a story. This actually is an event took place. He told them to go fill up some barrels with water, big barrels. These are big barrels. Fill them up with water. Fill them up to the top and then pour them out. And they did. And that was the first miracle that ever took place in the ministry of Jesus. Even though Jesus said it wasn't time, evidently mom said it's time because they need you, Jesus. When you need Jesus, it's time for your miracle. Moms, when you've needed Jesus, it's been time. He's given you the word. When your child was skinned his knees, when your child had done something he shouldn't do, you spoke those words of encouragement. You spoke those words. You didn't even know where they came from sometimes. It was more than just a natural mother's wit. It was the wisdom of God. And you did what Jesus said to do. And we're saying today, whatever he says to do, do it. And a wedding, and people talked about it, and they said, and, and the guys that were drinking said, wait a minute. They drunk the, the liquid that had been poured out of the barrels that Jesus told them. He said, Pe- most people used to say their, used their best wine first. And, 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 when, and then, but you saved your best wine to last. Jesus has the best wine for you. Now, when you have needed He's got the best decision-making process. He's got the best wisdom for you. Now, whatever he says to do, do it. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this word of encouragement. We thank you for the peace of God. We thank you for the love of God. Lord, help us to grow as godly mothers grow. Help us to be doers of what you say. Lord, we thank you for supernatural commitment in the word. Father, the first step of anyone is acknowledging you as their Lord and Savior. So if there's anyone under the sound of my voice as we pray right now, I ask you to say, and I ask everyone in this room to say, and all of you at home with that are viewing, whether it's Facebook or YouTube or whether you're viewing at whatever time, repeat after me. Father God, right now, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you paid the price you gave your life so that I could have life and life more abundantly. I thank you. I say it. I believe it. I'm forgiven. I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. You just.